On this episode of Dweeb Dive, we're right back into it. Full steam ahead on The Mandalorian. We'll be going into Season 2, Episode 2. So, with that being said, let's go ahead and batten down those hatches and... Dive, dive! Bravo 6, going dark. What's going on, everyone? It's Austin, joined by Connor. As always, we are back at it. Do we dive nation? Mandalorian season two, episode two. Yeah. Connor, what is going on, man? How you doing? Not bad. Happy to happy to be on track with the podcast revival. Feeling pretty good about life. I've been running a lot. Look at that. Your boy's doing cardio. Ew. Who who knew? Ew. Are you saying you? I hate running. Aren't you a cardio Ew, guy? I thought I you hate... were a cardio guy. Am I wrong about that? Uh, I don't like running. I, okay. I like running when I'm being mindless and like chasing a ball. So if like I'm playing a sport, I can run all day. But if I'm just running uh, to run, I can't. I, I the hate old it. golden I retriever fitness it. schedule. I get it. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm just a dog, actually, in human form. I have to chase a ball to actually run. Big elliptical guy. I'm old. Yeah. I got, you know, joints hurt. So ellipticaling is easily oh, the best, no. uh, <laughs> the best thing for me. Interval training on the elliptical. I don't just sit there and read People magazine. Okay. On you know no incline. It, it's it's intervaled. So okay. People you, People uh, magazine nation. Uh, yet another enemy we've just made. That's fine. <laughs> hey, I like People. It magazine. was also a it was also a shot at like the. The middle-aged woman that goes to the gym for 15 minutes on the elliptical on the easiest setting. Yeah. Or the dude so. that's just like on the bike and he's just looking at Tinder the whole time. Going in about three revolutions <laughs> per hour. Hey, I go, exactly. I go to Planet Fitness, well, dude. I, I shouldn't be talking like that. That's 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 not what okay. Planet Fitness stands I used for. To do, I used to do Planet Fitness. Honestly, they get a bad rap, but it's I appreciate fine. what they're doing. It's fine. They have gym equipment. It's cheap. Yeah. So if you're trying to work out and you need somewhere to go, Plant Fitness is a great option. I, I don't like how it gets a bad rap. If you're a, a nugget meathead, yeah, okay, maybe Planet Fitness isn't for you, but I, I don't <laughs> Wait, know. I don't, I, don't like, uh, I don't like the bad rap it a gets. A nugget meathead? Is that a classification yeah. of gym goer? Uh, like, I just made it oh, one. Well, you know, I, N- I can nugget visualize Nugget meathead nation is going to rise up. <laughs> nugget nation. So Not, not the gold nuggets, <laughs> the other ones. Okay, it's not Nugget Nation, it's Nugget Meathead okay. Nation. There's that a distinction. distinction. Don't throw nations. Nugget Nation into this because we like Nugget Nation. We like Nugget okay? Nation. Yeah, I, I'm firmly on board with Nugget Nation. I love I love Nuggets. Both Gold Nuggets, uh, Chicken Nuggets, Nuggets of Wisdom, perhaps, from a, an elderly oh, okay. family member or acquaintance. It's big. Okay. Uh, that's the only nuggets I'm willing it? to discuss at this time. All right. <laughs> that that's fair. That's fair. I like it. Welcome to Dweeb Dive. We're diving into nuggets, gym stereotypes, and nuggets. Nugget dive. So that's a little nugget Welcome. of gym di- uh, gym diving for you. There you go. Wow. The nugget of knowledge of gym diving. <laughs> Strong start for episode two. Well, well I think it's about you know. that time, Austin. What do you say? Yeah, I suppose so. Oh, all right. A tinge. A tinge of, uh, it doesn't sound like your heart's all the way in it, Austin. What's going on? Yeah. How'd this episode find you? It's not that my heart's not in it. It's just this episode really didn't do much for me. So okay. I'm sure we're going to talk about it. Okay. Um, do you want to start with the 60 yeah, second I mean, breakdown? It, yeah. I almost need like the, uh. ESP, it's like Chris Berman's fastest three minutes. Dun, 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 dun. All right. Whop. You're on the clock. Whop. Okay. Wait, is it running right now? No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. All right. You ready? Okay. Three, yes. two, one, go. Okay. Season two, episode two of The Mandalorian. What we've got going on is Mando finds a contact essentially to take him to more Mandalorians on another planet. It's a fish lizard woman who has eggs and the quest is they have to get to the planet where her husband is so the eggs are fertilized and her family can procreate. 
the catches they can't use the hyperdrive because that damages the eggs they got to do it the old-fashioned way they got to go on a big old space road trip and uh and do their thing uh, on the way there they they get intercepted by x-wings uh i guess republic fighters they're not rebel fighters anymore mm -hmm. They get in pursuit. He crashes into ice, or not crash, he lands into ice to elude them. And then they break through and essentially crash into a cavern. And then they fight giant frozen arachnids, get saved by the Republic, and then they're on their merry way. And that's the episode. 5706. Not bad. Ooh. Not bad. A little longer than last time, but still under a minute. So. Well, you gave me 60 seconds. I thought last time was 30 last seconds. Last time was 30 so. seconds, so that's true. That's true. I kind of forgot. Yeah. All right. There well we go. done. Well done. Well, Thank Austin, you. it, seems, it seems like you have some reservations about this episode, so if you want to kick things off, by all means, let it out, honey. Sure. Let it sure. out. Okay. Okay, it's not that... So I enjoy The Mandalorian, so this episode didn't make me hate the show, and I still found it to be entertaining and I enjoyed it, but it really just did not do anything for me. And I thought it was really pointless. I, I could not find the reason behind this episode. It didn't drive the storyline in any way outside of obviously he's going to find, trying to find more Mandalorians, but I mean, that's just like the, the small fraction at the beginning and nothing, tr we don't, I feel like we don't learn anything or find anything else out that we didn't already know about who Mando is. Um, and, and that's probably what really killed it for me. It, it kind of uh, makes me remember the second Star Wars movie, which is, um, what, The Rise of Skywalker, maybe? Wait. I can't remember. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, which, with, which uh, trilogy? What do you mean? Like episode two? The, or the latest second? the latest trilogy. The latest trilogy. Oh, uh what's that one? What's the I second one? Know. The really think, bad I think, one. I think it's Rise of Skywalker. I'm not sure. Okay, it reminds me of the casino planet. It was literally pointless. It didn't drive the plot at all. <laughs> and there was no reason for it. <laughs> so shots fired. This is like this is this is how I felt. I, I mean I just don't know how else to put it. It didn't drive anything, and we didn't learn anything new about man about who Mando is. We know he is standoffish at first, and then has the more virtuoso act in times of peril. Um, and we saw that in this episode. I think the when the Republican comes and saves him and the fish woman, fish lizard woman, excuse me, uh, frog. Um, uh, it's actually a frog. That, you know what that makes sense okay frog woman we we don't i just you know they're like oh well we see you've done some good here so we're gonna let you go just turn on your transponder like okay like we already knew mando was doing well i think they ref, uh referred to the prison where he tried to save that uh that guy from getting shot by the baddies that he was running with at the time i don't know if that was an allusion to that or maybe something else but we already knew who Mando was, this episode didn't reveal anything new, at least in my eyes. Mm -hmm. The only fun part of the episode was Baby Yoda being naughty and eating eggs out of that container, like stealing cookies from the yeah, cookie jar. Wow. And I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Like that was great. That was a great touch. Yeah, we'll talk about of, that. Of him of him doing that. But I mean, I just I thought maybe at the very end of the episode, we get like, even if it was just like one minute of the next planet or maybe evidence of the next alcove of Mandalorians or something, it would have saved it for me. Because, you know, I always feel like it were driving forward. And I think they were able to get away with it in the first season because we didn't know who Mando was. He was teetering on the edge of... Uh, you know, the bounty hunter badass that will only work for himself. And we saw that transition as the episodes progressed of, okay, he's actually a, a really stand-up guy. Right, right. So when we had, for example, the prison episode where it didn't really drive our plot forward as far as the Mandalorian is concerned, it drove his character forward. And we kind of saw that development of him because we saw both sides, right? We saw him be the the ruthless bounty hunter that's got to take the job for money for himself to continue on his mission 
We saw the the goodness where he tried to save the life of the uh, Republic. I get. I think maybe Lieutenant or whoever was on the prison ship. Obviously, he dies. Mm-hmm. And then we saw the badass part again, where he was essentially semi eliminating the baddies that turned on him but then we see the good side in that he actually didn't kill anybody he just imprisoned them now the republic transponder that gets put on the you know the rendezvous point and they get blown up by the republic okay maybe that's that's not necessarily a bad thing but my point is season one we didn't know who mando was we didn't know what we would get but that gave us a clear picture forward this episode i thought it was in an identical situation of trying to see like who is who Mando is in in a a stressful situation but we already knew what he was going to do there was no way in my mind that he was ever going to turn against the frog lady he was not ever going to complete the mission he was not going to look out for her best interest over his and and you know looking out for the child obviously like we already knew all these things so we literally just got a a rehashing of his character that we already knew and that is why i thought the episode was very eh. on the good bad the good the, and, man, and eh. the ugly yeah the good and the ugly it was very eh for me okay because it just kind of we already knew what he was so i'm very curious to hear your perspective because i know you have different thoughts and uh from what i i mean we haven't discussed this prior to and, um, and obviously, it's Thursday, uh, November 12th, so we're a day away from the release of episode mm-hmm. three. But we haven't discussed this prior, but it was interesting. Literally, the two minutes before we came on, you had said it would be a differing v- viewpoint when I told you it was eh. So I'm very curious to hear what you thought about this episode. Wow. Well, Austin, I'd like to start off by saying we did learn one thing about Mando this episode. What's that? He's okay with the child eating the, the children of a sentient species. <laughs> okay, they're not actually children. They're, they're, they're unfertilized eggs. So I guess it's it's a little less weird. I don't think he was okay with it. But though. he wasn't he like, was, he wasn't like a poor. He was like, oh, no! He was like, oh, you. <laughs> I just... Well, that's not really him. That's not... He's not really the... Yeah. The uproarious type. He's kind of like a... And for him, him going, hey, no, is, I think... I guess equivalent to anyone else screaming about that in hindsight. Yeah. But while I was watching it, I kind of forgot that they were unfertilized eggs. And I literally thought they were like the children of this person. So every time, (laughs) right. So every time the kid ate one, I was like, (gasps) there goes. And I I have, I I had a theory. I had a theory that because he's force sensitive, he sensed like life in them or something. and was like, he was eating them to like incubate them within himself. <laughs> and then at the end of the episode, he was going to be like, like all the other eggs were going to die and she was going to be super upset. And then baby, I was going to be like, Oh, actually I've hatched them in, inside my stomach because I kept them warm with my body heat. And here they are. No, he just ate them. Uh, doing yeah, baby, doing baby Yoda stuff. Honestly, <laughs> I thought, I thought something kind of similar when it was the whole sad story. Like, Oh, we have to get these fertilized before it's too late. And, yeah. This is the last of the family line. And Yoda, looking at them, I thought he was going to do some sort of force thing. and like Cocoon them? I don't know. Yeah. Do force something heal. where they hatch. Yeah, I know. And then he, and nope. then it just cuts to him eating them. And I was like, wait. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not yeah. right. So, <laughs> anyway. I, I'll agree with you. I told you right before we started that there, there were parts of this episode I, I didn't love. And I'll tell you, I was not really too on board with this episode right up until the moment the conversation with the two Republic, the new Republic pilots started going south and they opened the foils of their X-Wing, uh, you know, for all range combat mode. Um, that's where the episode got good for me. I will say this is clearly, uh, I think this is going to be the beginning of a two-part arc, but this is clearly a monster of the week sort of episode. This is a filler episode. It's a quest episode in a way. Um, you're right though. I, I hadn't really thought about it too deeply, Austin, but you're absolutely right. We don't learn anything new about the plot, obviously, which I'm fine with. There's, if there's episodes in a show like this where it does not advance the plot in any way, shape or form, I am totally fine as long as there's character development, but really you're right. There was not, we did not learn anything new about Mando's personality. You know, what's his boundary 
in terms of his own survivability and the kid's survivability versus, you know, that of a well-meaning stranger that he's technically tasked with taking care of, right? Um, we didn't learn anything new there. So it, it, it does get points off for that. But I, I, I was along for the ride on this one. I liked the opening chase scene. I thought that was really cool. The, the special effects team for this is, they're going off, dude. I'm really, really, really impressed. Every every time a, a shot like that or a sequence like that opens up, I get a little bit nervous because I'm like, okay, here's where the budget's going to show. Oh, no, like here it comes. Here's like the cringy, like maybe not so good effects. No, it was top quality, top notch. Uh, same with the animation of the spiders, uh, which uh, I'm not going to get to that yet. I'll save that for later But because uh, I, I got some stuff to say about the spiders as well. But I was along for that. I thought it was a really interesting arc. I, I ended up really liking the frog lady. I didn't like, I didn't, you know, she was whatever at first, but you know, she's got some technical know-how. She's got, she has a holdout blaster. Um, she, she went into like full frog mode during the chase scene or the escape scene, I should say. So there, there was a couple elements that I, I liked. It, it was a monster of the week episode for me. And I thought, Hey, if it's going to be a filler, it should be exciting. And it should show parts of the universe that have not been explored yet. Um, so for me, it was exciting enough to kind of carry this, what to me was an obvious filler episode from the start. So my expectations for revelation and for, you know, plot were very, 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 very low. Now I will say that, uh, did you notice by any chance, Austin, the very first bit of audio at the very beginning of this episode? Do you remember that at all? Can you can you think back to that? Uh, I I no, I don't think so. Did I missed something. No, this Probably. is something I would not expect hardly anybody, even fans of Kotor, to get. But the very first uh. audio, dude, this is just turning into Connor talking about how great Kotor is. But look, <laughs> I, I I'm not gonna like hammer this in again, you know, for the second week in a row. But I just, it's just more damning evidence that KOTOR is at the heart of this project and many other projects. That very first audio file was an audio file from a Gizka, which interestingly enough is a frog-like reptilian species. It's, it's, a, it's a side quest in KOTOR. Uh, a bunch of these little frog things go on your ship and you have to find a way to get rid of them. What's interesting about them is that they're self-replicating. Uh, so if you kill one, another one crawls out of it. It's, it, it's really weird, but that little in the very beginning, that's a Gizka sound effect. It's directly ripped from the game. It's not even like, oh, it kind of sounds like it. Uh. No, it's directly ripped from the game. That is the exact audio file. So that's interesting. Huh. Um, I want to talk to you about these Starfighters, though, the New Republic. Where did you land on that? Because that, that, that was kind of one of the bigger points I wanted to talk about, were, were these New Republic pilots and just the concept of them patrolling the Outer Rim. Do you, do you, where did you um, land on that? I mean... I guess hearing your analysis of like the inner mechanisms, if you will, of the episode, I mean, I agree with, it. I think it was entertaining and it was, it was fun to watch. And, you know, obviously the, the X-Wings bring more nostalgia because they are a true staple of the Star Wars universe and mm -hmm. what we all know as fans. So, I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed the X-Wings being a part of the scene or, or the episode, um, I appreciated the nod to the Republic. Um, I mean, kind of random in essence of their patrol pattern. Um, obviously, we it, it's tough for me to understand what they're doing out there outside of they have to be there because the show demands it. So mm -hmm. that's, I think, a little too much thinking. But I mean, you know, I like the X-Wings. I thought they, you know, I'm not like a a huge person that is able to pick out different details of the X-Wings. I mean, obviously the X-Wings look like they always have kind of that older, um, yeah. rustic look. They're not like the latest star star Wars trilogy with like the black and the, you know, black and orange that, that new look that Poe Dameron flies. Yeah. Essentially. yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the old and the pirate pilots were older as well. I thought they looked familiar, but I honestly, that could have just been in my head. So, you know, I don't know if I answered the question, but I mean, for me, like there's, there's certainly little things in the episode that, yeah, they were, they were fun. Like, like you said, the, 
the flight chase scene was fun. The the interaction with the spiders, which we'll get to, was 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 cool. Um, obviously, the save at the end was nifty. The uh, the uh, blaster assault rifles are very familiar from the, obviously you know you can just go back to um, Return of the Jedi uh, on Endor. The same the assault rifles there. I was gonna save that for another episode, but those were A two eighties. I'm glad you said that. Do you know what gun they're based off? What real life gun they're based off of? I feel like you told me this before, I think I but have. I, I want to say it's a Russian weapon, but no, it, it's not. And so it was, it was not. It was from World War II, I'll say, and it was not an Allied power, the country of origin. If that narrows it down for you, <laughs> uh, so it was not Russia, the UK, or the US. Be, it'd have to be. I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of the. Was it the STG-34, nice. the German yep. assault rifle? Yes, sir. Okay. Those were original. I don't know what what I, I don't know what the props department did for this particular episode, but back in the day when they were making the original trilogy, um, they did build them off of old STG-44s, which I think is super super cool because it holds a little bit of that nice. form factor, which kind of gives it like a, uh, you know, the the rebellion. You know, always had what, what you know, I like the word you used, rustic sort of. Uh, scrappy vibe to them so using like powder you know cartridge weapons like as a base point just really it gives them a nice aesthetic that they're you know they were freedom fighters at the time that they had technology that was mm -hmm. perhaps uh inferior or you know not funded as well as a you know something like the empire which is an institution that you know has has money has capital to fund things like that but okay right. well i i wanted to point them out because what I like is that they played the role of the antagonist in this episode, at least at the beginning. Obviously, that's not the case at the end of the episode, but they were giving Mando some crap. They were they were holding him up. They were being, you know, kind of nosy. And by the definition of an antagonist, they were being an antagonist to, to Mando. Here's why I think that's interesting, Austin. Are you familiar with the new Star Wars game that's coming out? There might be a couple right now, but... The, the one that's definitely coming out soon. Do you know which one that is? Is that... Uh, that's not the pilot it one, is. It is. Star Wars Squadrons. Okay. So what's interesting about Star Wars Squadrons is 50% of that game... There's two campaigns. 50% of that game is a campaign where you play as an Empire pilot. Um, uh, I, I believe it's a captain that flies like an interceptor. Um, what's interesting is I feel like more and more, the Star Wars production community as a whole is getting a little bit more comfortable telling stories that exist within the Empire. I'm not going to say they're, they're going all out to humanize the Empire, but they seem to be a little bit more comfortable with, A, making characters within the Empire, or you know whatever iteration of the Empire it is, main characters, and B... They're getting more comfortable with making the Rebels slash Republic, whatever iteration they're taking on, as antagonists, which I think is super, super interesting. I don't know if you've watched the trailer yet for that, have you? For the Squadrons? Um, no. <gasps> no. Dude, you have to. It's so cool. It's one of my favorite Star Wars trailers that's come out in recent memory. Honestly, I've heard bad things about the game itself, but I'm sure the trailer's I, I, cool, Yeah, so I'm not sure work. about the actual gameplay, but the trailer's sick. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's kind of sad. Dang it! Yeah. But um, oh, I'm gonna call. So I, I think I'm, I'm not gonna go like as far as to say, oh, this is like a, a marketing tie-in with the upcoming Squadrons game. But I, I, I'm interested in where this goes because I think like a lot of people, people have an obsession with stormtroopers. They have an obsession with the aesthetics and the weaponry and the vehicles and hell, the dark force users. And, you know, I mean, Vader's one of the coolest people ever. People love the empire, even though it's like this oppressive tyrannical regime. I mean, people are just into the aesthetics of it. And mm. I, I can't blame them because I am too. I, I, this past Halloween, I chose to be a dark Jedi. I just, I'm hoping I'm hoping they go full bore and they give us some of these stories so we can kind of investigate life within the empire because I think it's I think it's such a cool thing and I I loved I love that they were willing to make these these rebel pilots antagonists at least at least in the beginning but right 
Hmm. Sad. Sad that you said. Yeah, I mean, the, that it got bad reviews though so far. Aw. Yeah, that's what I read. And uh, just to mention on the uh, the Empire, they just have money to afford good designers, both pleasing to the eye and combat effective, sort of. Yeah. Stormtroopers can't hit anything, but uh, you know. I don't know. That that might be a little different thing. That that doesn't have anything to do with how well they look. Yeah. Like they don't hit anything, but dang, they sure do look they, good. They, they looking good. Well, it depends what kind of stormtroopers. Dark troopers are obviously pretty good. Um, unless they're shooting at a guy with a quarter staff that's trying to blow something up, then they can't hit him. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. But wait, okay. Actually, 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 hold on a second. Hold. On. I need to talk about Uh-oh. this because this is one of my biggest pet peeves about the Star Wars community. Oh, okay. I hate when the community makes lore decisions or they create lore surrounding flukes or obvious just tropes of cinema. And like they like those become like, okay, the stormtroopers in the original movies, they suck because that's a tropey thing in that at, at that point in time. Henchmen were just trash and the characters had plot armor. That's why. And there was and there's a cognitive dissonance between the stormtroopers are the best trained army in the galaxy and they're deadly and efficient and they're they're indoctrinated to like you know resist pain and not care when their friends die stuff like that that's not the lore of the stormtroopers they're not terrible shots they're they're not like ineffective soldiers they're really really good like that's that's their lore and that's reflected in everything else besides those original movies for the most part so to say and adopt that like oh yeah stormtroopers are like these horrible shots and but they're like they're all cannon fodder and that's that's the the directive of the you know that's a military strategy of the empire shut up no that no no it's not no it's not the original movies they made some stupid tropey choices and it's whatever like i take a lot of issue with the original movies in a lot of ways i think they're they're responsible for everything cool that i love in my life about star wars but like they suck in very specific ways, and that's one of them. Ugh. Anyway, that's fair. That's rant fair. over. Well, you know the it's fun to meme, I think. Yeah. But also on, on top of that, I would say if you really want to see what stormtroopers and rebels look like going toe to toe, and it looks really good, at least from a uh, opinionated standpoint, a non-professional opinionated standpoint, as far as movement and shooting maneuvers and all that stuff. Um, oh my gosh, I'm not even gonna know the name of the, the movie. Uh, what is it? Are you talking about the uh, the one-off with uh, with with, yes. with Jen Orso? What is the name of that? Oh, uh, yes. Rogue One. Rogue One. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I forgot that. But yeah, Star Wars Hell Rogue yeah, One. Dude the the battle on the island planet when the so rebels set up an ambush cool. and then there's that back and forth oh my God. that is where you're going to get your real stormtroopers versus your real rebels honestly it looked the absolute best best the most realistic combat scene that i've seen in star wars yep. so that's why it's my favorite star wars movie but i think wait 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 hold on hold on hold on i know i know i know we're off Uh-oh. track but did you just say that's your favorite star wars movie uh yes i did did you know that that's also my favorite star wars movie did you know that because uh, i get a ton of shit for I, it i'll just i mean it's it's a sin to not to prefer one of the new star wars movies over the original trilogy but i don't even care like that is my favorite star wars movie and it's because that's my favorite space battle in terms of tactics in terms of the stakes in terms of the pilot to pilot communication it's freaking sweet that's my favorite land battle in all of star wars for the reasons you just discussed and mm-hmm. i don't know it's my favorite star wars movie and people have such a hard time it's just believing real. that. i love dude thank you it, wow. it's, a, it's a realistic movie where there's it, you know grounded. the good I think grounded's a better the, word than realistic yeah the good guys have to do scummy stuff to win because yep. they are in essence the guerrilla rebel force like you you don't get to be high and mighty all the time and win and like they do all this stuff and they still die it's just like it's just very realistic and obviously you can't do that in main storyline you can't kill off the main characters just like that and i mean it just like from start to finish what it did to incorporate everything it had great injection of comedic relief and humor with the the droid 
Um, you know, it had its Best little droid. romance scenes towards Wars. the Can't end. Best droid. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and then again, the combat, and then the tie-in to A New Hope was incredible. Like oh, I, that star. I'm standing up, Austin. I'm sta- I just hit my mic stand. That Vader scene. Oh yeah, the twenty That's seconds the best of Vader. Scene I mean, obviously, in it's Star the, Wars. It's the best. That's the oh. best. Yeah, it absolutely is. It absolutely I'm is. Sweating. I mean, it's like twenty seconds of Vader just going in because you never see Vader do anything in the other movies. Like he just, nope. You know he's a badass, but it's like, okay, well he doesn't really do much ever. And then this is the one time where it's like, oh, help us, he, help us. Oh boy. Oh, yeah, it's I mean, a it, it is like a crazy. It's scene. a master class. Oh. Yeah. So anyway, Rogue One, awesome. Thank um, God. Back to Mandalorian, back to which is yeah, probably. It's probably yeah. We, I mean, we definitely diverge a little bit, but hey, that we're we're in the realm of Star Wars, and that's mm-hmm. that's what matters the most. And I think we kind of cut the Mandalorian episode in two, which is okay. So, and in its own right, the Mandalorian is probably carrying the Star Wars franchise on its back because after Rogue One came out, then everything kind of went like. Meh, I was okay with bit. the solo so, movie, but we can talk about that another time. I was okay with it. Yeah, it was okay. I was alright with it. It was I definitely okay, but. Yes. So the Mandalorian in, in its own self is obviously amazing. Um, so we, we've talked about the Rebels being more of the antagonist versus the in-crisis heroes that we're used to seeing. Um, mm-hmm. So we we get... I mean, to me, it's just like they get caught on a planet that's kind of random. I thought it was the planet they were supposed to go to, but I guess not. Um, but they, they crash land, they break through the ice... Obviously, the ship gets real jacked up. Um, the frog lady finds a hot spring, which is very convenient. Um, I really liked the part just because it's a nod to another extraterrestrial movie, in my mind, mm-hmm. was when Baby Yoda wanders off, oh, sure. finds these eggs, opens one up. It eats it's it. It's slimy. <laughs> he, uh, of course, he eats it. It's slimy. It, it opens up like four flap opening, and there's tons of these eggs. And I mean, it it just. I'm sure you know what it reminds me of, Connor. I, I, I'm assuming you're talking about al- either Alien or uh, what's the other one? It doesn't matter. It's just any of the Alien okay. movies. Sorry. But yes, but yes, that's correct. The face huggers and their eggs. I mean, the flaps open the same. It's slimy inside um obviously it's spiders this time but you know that so that's that's kind of the next part so i liked that little nod i think it's a nod i don't know if it really is but to me it was um i think so and it you know the frog woman was keeping her eggs warm but again it's just like i'm talking i'm sitting here i'm talking about this episode and i'm talking about this scene and it just like it just does nothing for me like it just like little the little things that are enjoyable in the episode are cool, but it doesn't make up for the fact that this episode did nothing in my mind. It wasn't mind. very juicy. So, and it doesn't, and like I said, if there was like one minute of the next um, plot story, like it don't, I don't even have to get into it. Like I just want to know it exists or, you know, maybe this frog woman, we find, we learn something that kind of adds a pe- like lives leaves us on a cliffhanger or or anything really yeah. i mean it just there's nothing of substance in this episode and it's ironic that i say that because i am quite notorious for watching movies and really enjoying them when there's literally no substance to it it's just like action i love that you admit there's, that there's, I, that's why there's that's no why substance I love to doing that. this podcast with you austin you're 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 a true enjoyer of things yeah, I'm, I'm quite simple, if you will. And I can't believe that this simplistic episode really peeved me. And I, I mean, I guess it just comes down to when I'm really into a show and I'm really into the storyline and I'm really into where it's going to go because a lot rides on this. Um, and I've done probably more time investment as far as catching up with all of the canon leading up to this point. Mm-hmm. I've taken the time to watch everything, in Mm, essence, that I can. And so now we come to a point where I just want anything to happen that is going to continue to just push this along. It doesn't have to be a jump, you know, 
it just a literal centimeter push of just something, something of substance that I can at least gnaw on. Like, for example, obviously an episode, the first episode, the very end, we get 20 seconds of a familiar face of a potential clone. And that just spiraled us in, that spiraled me into a 10 minute monologue on the last episode. Now I've monologued twice now about how this has no <laughs> substance to it. So I guess maybe you're, in essence, it's giving wrong. me something and that it's not giving me you're anything, but so Connor, okay. So let's talk about this, the spider scene. Um, okay. Again, it, it's cool because they fight and they kill spiders. I don't like spiders. So, you know, I don't care. Spider nation hates me. I don't like you either. <laughs> I don't so. think anybody's part of spider nation. I think, it, I think those are just spiders, dude. I don't think there is a nation. I think it's well, just people good. hating spiders. Nobody... Exactly. So, I mean, it's cool. Killed spiders. Great. Yeah. But what else? So, I don't know. Did you see? Was there anything for there you in was. there? And I'm starting to see why I think I was okay with this episode. They kept doing little things. Okay, A, my expectations were low, as I've already stated. But they kept doing little things where I was like, yes. Yes, I've been waiting to see this. So, I think the reason why I like the chase with the uh, with the x-wings is because there was there was some real piloting that got them out of a tricky situation they specifically showed how mando piloted the vehicle to you know keep the chase going and so he didn't get caught you know immediately because he was in an inferior vehicle obviously i love mm-hmm. stuff like that because there's nothing i hate more and yet another i well this is not a really a criticism of the original movies because I know the technology was incredible for the time and they were very, very limited in what they could do in terms of how the ship was portrayed and moving. Uh, and if you haven't looked up how they did the ships in the original trilogy, it is incredible. There's a great YouTube video about how they filmed that. Uh, like it, the, all the ships were still and the cameras were actually flying around the ship models to make it look like they were moving. It's insane. Look it up. Anyway, um, Star Wars is notorious for just kind of having starfighters like go left or go right or go down or go up to like avoid enemy fire. In this one, you have you have him escaping into like cloud banks. You have him turning the engine off. You have him falling to fall off radar uh, to gain like speed that a ship wouldn't normally have. Um, you know, maneuvering through tight spaces, uh, but like he's getting punished for it. For instance, instead of you know superficial scratches of the ship, like. He messes his ship up quite badly uh, on a really, really risky gambit. I love, I love stuff like that that reveals the intelligence and the bravery and blah, 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 blah of the main character. Because, uh, you know, I know we didn't really reveal much about his character, but we at least revealed a little bit about his piloting skills. Um, we've, we've seen a little bit before, obviously, but that one was really, really awesome to me. I love specific details. I love watching characters get out of tricky situations like that. Number two, Austin... The spiders, their design, turns out that aesthetic for those for spiders like that already exists in the Star Wars universe. Do you want to guess, by chance, what piece of Star Wars media has spiders that may look like that? I'm gonna get. Yeah, it's Kotor, baby. <laughs> um, this one is a little bit more of a stretch, but I will say in both their sound design. And their overall body shape, to me, they are a dead ringer for the Kinraths, which are the main spider enemy in the KOTOR games. Um, Kinraths are very vertical. They're very skinny. Their body is very skinny, very upright. Um, and their legs are very arched. So they go up and then they go down. And they're, yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not widespread or low to the ground at all. Um, so to me, the DNA from KOTOR is there again. Um, Kinraths... Their head is on the top, and their abdomen is on the bottom, so they're flipped, but otherwise pretty much the same. Uh, Kinrafts have a piercing. Uh, one of their legs is specialized for piercing and stabbing. Uh, so to see the, the appendages of this thing stab from the cavern above through the roof, pretty cool. Um, other than, like, so I, I'm saying this because I'm pretty sure all of these little details were just specifically catering to me and i think i perhaps i was a little bit blinded by them austin i'll say yeah yeah because like i I agree like i I think this episode we didn't we didn't get anything we we really didn't yeah and when i when i think of like the majority of people watching this at home Mm -hmm. right 
what do they want out of this episode? They don't want the little things. They want a, a bit... Well, we'll go back to nuggets. <laughs> they want a nugget of something. You're right. I mean, you're right. And, it, and again, I, I will constantly... I will beat this horse until it is dead again. And it doesn't have to be huge. Like, we don't... Obviously, they're trying to protect the integrity of the story. They don't want to... They don't want to show you everything. They don't want to shotgun blast the entire story at you by episode two, so it's not exciting anymore. But at the same time, I think I thought they did enough where in the first season where they it like you could have these tangent episodes and but you would get a little something. And I just thought of another example is when they go to when Mando goes to the um forest planet he meets the the rebel fighter and they fight in the village right our boys blue shrimp brewing company mm-hmm. when they're there okay that episode is really it's pointless that like well there's no reason for him to be there i mean obviously we're learning more about right. his character it's and like that, that's that's another thing yeah. but like as far as a plot line is concerned it doesn't do anything for the story until literally the last two minutes there's a bounty hunter that tries to shoot and kill baby yoda right who's gets taken out it's literally the last two minutes of the episode and it's like at that moment it that last two minutes it ties everything back you're like okay like this episode that that last two minutes just ties everything back in at least for me and i just you know as someone that is a i call it like a majority watcher right you know Mm -hmm. someone that is easily entertained is dog you're like you're looking for yeah 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 you know i'm a dog exactly like that's the kind of thing where that the majority of fans out there are kind of looking for in my mind, you know, and it just it just wasn't there. And like you keep pointing these little things out, and I'm and I I keep sitting here and I'm waiting for something to be like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. That okay, I'm gonna change my mind. Like you're saying these things, and I'm like, yeah, cool, but <laughs> cool what, nerd. And overall, did it did it? I was like, not even like cool nerd. It's like yeah, that's really cool, but what did it do? Yeah. I I hear you. What what did you. you know? There's no purpose or point to it, and it's just like that part. I mean, obviously, it's so hard to hit every single thing out of the park, which I think the Mandalorian has done up to this point. And again, I'm not gonna ra- I'm not gonna boycott the Mandalorian because of this episode. And I'm I'm sure that there's certainly a lot of people out there that thought it was really cool, but I you know, just from the standpoint of what we talked about last week and the little nugget of information from the clone and the implications of potentially introducing Ahsoka Tano or just this entirely untapped incredible story arc that exists in this realm Mm -hmm. of the Mandalorian, you can reveal another small piece without even hinting to what you're going to do or where you're going to go with it. And I mean, like I went on that monologue, I could be completely wrong. Like, that could have no relevance to Ahsoka Tano at all. Ahsoka Tano might not even be related to anything in that part of the story. She might have her own. But, like, it's that kind of thing that gets people like me excited because I know the backdrop. I looked at the cast list. I was anticipating this season. I saw the potential, and I'm ready for something new or exciting or something that's going to drive me forward because that's what we got last season. And I know I, I'm going to allude back to it again. Like, we didn't know who Mando was, so it was a lot easier to do these kind of episodes where there's not really, like, a point to it. But it drives our character development forward, so we get to know who he is. But it's like, I just don't know. Maybe there's a silver lining in, to your point, we'll, and we'll talk about it here. Let's, let's just talk about it right now. So the, the giant spiders are attacking Mando. No, all hope is lost. We know he's not going to die. I was thinking maybe the frog lady dies and he fails his mission. He's back to square one or something. I don't know. Yeah, right. But the Republic finds him and they come and they save the day. There's an interaction with the pilots. And basically, in my mind, it was, yeah, you're kind of a scumbag. But you're one of those nice scumbags. Useful that scumbag. Is doing work work for us that makes our job and lives easier mm-hmm. so like he literally instead of getting a ticket he got a warning from the cops like yeah we're just gonna give you a warning on this one pal but next Little time stinker. turn your turn signal on <laughs> yeah i want to see your turn signal when you're coming into a planet all right i don't i don't want you just changing space lanes on me i need a turn yeah. signal so i'm gonna give you a warning here 
But that's it. Like, that's what it felt yeah. like. So Sheriff. I don't know if that's going to, like, later down the road. Those guys come back. What's going to happen, like, they're going to team up. He's going to team up with Republic. There's going to be, like, some Empire incursion yeah. or, Dak you know, two and they're going to have to make yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> but, again, it just, like, at in moment and even thinking about it right now, like, wow, that might be a cool implication. Like, there's literally, we haven't seen that kind of a thing before. And even still, like, that's not a nugget that I was looking for. Or I don't think many people were looking for. So, is there any hope for me, Connor? Did you find? Did you reveal anything in this scene that's going to help me change? Well, my mind? you know what? I'm pretty dug I, in. I, right I'm going to diagnose you with a with a little syndrome here, Austin. And it's okay. it's and don't get me wrong. I, I I I agree with you. I think this episode could have could have done quite a bit more to hook the average viewer. We'll say the the viewer that's not watching this for little bits of lore and hints of other things that, you know, is cool about Star Wars. I think it's the fact that A... I think it would be fair to call that the, the majority, majority, yeah, the sure. majority yeah, viewer. Absolutely. So, the, so almost all of the weight of Star Wars right now is resting on the Mandalorian, number one. Number two, um, what was I going to say? Oh my God, I'm having a brain fart. Help me, help, help. Uh... Well, I have no idea what you're going to say. Number two, there's so much to look forward to. As you have pointed out in the last episode and this episode, all of this backdrop that you mentioned with Ahsoka Tano, with um, the Remnant uh, clones, the old clones, all this stuff is so cool. And there's so much potential. And just to to have to wait another week for it. I get it. I get it. That stinks. Um, and like, like you said, even in the filler episodes, like the quest episode with the egg of last season or the blue shrimp brewing company planet, um, there's other things <laughs> going on that are exciting that lead on to something else. And like, like you said, like the bounty hunter is interesting, but also don't forget in the same episode, we learn so much about Mando's discomfort with people asking him to take his mask off, like the process he has to go through like little signals of like love and relationships that were interesting. So we learned a ton about Mando in that episode. And in like the egg quest episode, uh, we learn about his feelings about, uh, you know, receiving help while out in the field and why, you know, that was against his code of honor and stuff like that. That's really cool. And none of that was in this episode. So I feel you, but like, again, another reason why I like this episode, now that we're talking about the starfighter pilots they weren't like totally like think about other rebel pilots throughout the, the the entire Star Wars canon. They're always A dreamy-eyed, B like weirdly pedestrian looking. <laughs> like they don't look and like these guys definitely look a little pedestrian, but like what I love is they were like they were like we're not going to help you, bud. Like good luck, but we're leaving and like change your plates or we're going to blast you out of the sky. So I like that they're not totally like these yeah. dreamy-eyed, like super bubbly, helpful people. So, so that again was another little point it got for me. But those are all micro. The macro is yeah, not not like not too much going on. So, I feel you. I feel you, good buddy. I feel you. Yeah, I just and also I feel like it's not really fair to. I guess I'm kind of on the fence, right? You know, like like you said, in the other episodes, we learned all this stuff about Mando. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's the character development. Like, that's all well and good. Um, but, yeah, I just feel like this episode was really lacking in any kind of wow factor. Because, you know, for instance, the egg quest from the first season... We like Baby Yoda using the Force. Huge like that, moment. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. That does nothing for the story. That is that is nothing. That is literally nothing. But at the same time, it is everything. If that makes well, sense. Well, so, I wouldn't say it did nothing because that gave us a really really good indication of his level of Force sensitivity. Which, if he was barely Force sensitive, as we had seen previous to the Egg Quest, he wouldn't be that important of a character. But for him to unleash that much Force power in that like nascent of a mind that's a big that's a big point like that that matters because now he's not just a rare species he's a rare species that is also a, a, a mini nuke he's a mini superpower um he's a mini wmd w wmd yeah i, I mean like i get that yeah. part but like we we knew that already like that's not new i mean obviously they have to show that 
for the Mandalorian. We didn't quite know his extent. He has no idea. But we, but we, uh, but come on, we know that he's part of Yoda's species. What he is, and he is absolutely going to be powerful at some point, whether we see it or not, is irrelevant. So, like, so, like, if you look at that force part of driving the plot line of the Mandalorian, I mean, it does a little bit because it shows the significance, but like as a majority fan, like you know what he is. You just you're just waiting. It was cool. It. Like it was mainly see, cool. And that's yeah. that, it's like it's like yeah. And that's the that's the wow factor that the episodes always had something, whether it was plot related or character related. There was always that. Oh boy, I can't wait for next week because like, I mean, if you think about it, the Egg Quest didn't do anything. I mean, Yoda shows something cool. He's got the Force, but like, it's that thing. It's like, boy, I wonder what they're gonna bring next episode. Like, is he gonna use the Force all the time now? Like, does he realize it? Mm. Like, it just drives questions, questions, discussion, interest. Like, if you had never seen the Mandalorian before and you're like, I want to see what the hype's about. Episode two, I don't care about order. I'm going to turn it on. And you watch that. What do you take away? What what are you like, wow, I'm going to come back to this. You're like, that's a good point. What was the point of this? That was a really good way to, that was a really good way to frame your argument because yeah, I don't have any answer for you there. Yeah. And so it's just like, instead of looking forward to next week being like, oh man, like what, what's coming next? Like, you know, like, are they going to like. Is there going to be more force? Is there going to be a big, like, something's going to happen. I don't know what, but I'm excited about it. And, like, that's why I'm interested. That's why I want to watch this show. This next week, it's like, I want to watch because I want to see if something actually happens this time. Like, that last episode, I'm going to try to forget about it because I want to see what happens. And, again, it's tough to nitpick it, and I'm kind of, like, on the fence about it. But it's just like... I guess we've just been spoiled for so long exactly with how word. good these episodes are. That was are exactly the word in my head. It's like, we're pretty spoiled. It's not fair. Yeah. 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 It's not fair to expect excellence at all points. And I mean, I know I've given you a hard time about how nitpicky you are. And yet here I am doing the same thing. And I just think it's, it's just to that point, if like I'm feeling that way, because I know you and a lot, some of our other friends are very peculiar and particular about the details and it matters a lot which I yeah. get it. I'm obviously not quite at that level, but like for me as a majority viewer, which I think I classify, classify myself as, yeah. if I am going like, man, what was the point of that? Like that is a little bit of an issue. Obviously it's not going to be a crushing one and I could be very, I'm probably very wrong, but like it just, because there's so much riding on the Mandalorian, the fact that yeah. this episode left so much to be desired from it it's just like i really hope it was a a hiccup in essence or maybe we just missed or i just missed the wow factor of you know maybe the wow factor was the involvement of the new republic and it's gonna play a big part it just didn't frame they i just didn't feel like they framed it in a way to make me believe like i need to consider them down the road so you know i i I, I hate ripping into it a little bit, but like I'm literally tomorrow when the third episode comes out, it's like I'm not watching it because like, you know, I'm excited for what might happen next. I don't know what's going to happen. Like I'm like I I'm ex- I want to watch it because like, OK, we're done with whatever we, ju- we just did. Now we can get back to what we're supposed to be doing. You know what I'm saying? So like I don't know. It, it's tough I'm for me. I'm sitting here. Yeah, I, I'm sitting here thinking I'm kind of smiling to myself because I'm like. Hmm. Oh my God! It finally happened, Austin. An episode of The Mandalorian yeah, catered more to my tastes than yours. You being a representative of the of the mass of the masses. That's crazy, right? <laughs> and and maybe they and maybe that is well well maybe maybe it's not like a too far moment. Maybe it's like you know obviously we know Favreau and Filani are very big Star Wars enthusiasts, yeah. so maybe it's like okay. The majority out there, we've we've done enough. It's the it's the small minority of super detail oriented lore, you know, masters out there that we need to cater to, just to make sure that we still have them too. It so, is true. It's you know, like it's like in uh, a, like I don't want to go too far into this, but uh, like 
just because of my background in politics, like when you are working for a vote, you you really do need to appeal to like to deep core groups that have like very strong views about things. Like that is super important to holding uh, you know your base. So I, I think I think they're hitting it really hard. They're going like, look at all this like little cool stuff we're doing, guys. Like we like they I think they really are want to appear legit. And they're doing a good I mean, from my perspective, they're doing a great job. But you know, there is there is such a thing as harping on the little details perhaps a, a smidge too much. Yeah. And we'll just we'll kind of have to see where it goes and whether there's. I think you'll be happy with episode more three. like it. I have but... a feeling episode three is going to be a big one. Oh, I, I mean, I, it, honestly, if I'm being very blunt, it couldn't be worse than two. So anything <laughs> is better than this next episode. So, like, yeah, I'm expecting it to be a lot better too because I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna yeah. fill in some holes. They're gonna ex, they're gonna move the plot forward a little bit. Maybe there'll be some wow factor in there that's not plot related. I'm sure something's going to happen, but I mean, it can't be, you, you can certainly have something more than nothing, which was the episode that we just watched, Austin, in my opinion. Here's your, here's your big silver lining. Here's, I'm going to instill hope within you, my young Padawan. Are you ready? In the course okay. of television history, every single uh, magnetic, amazing TV show that has been, you know, heralded as the best TV show ever. Any, every single TV show like that, there's always that episode that's just not good. It's either a bottle episode, a low budget episode, like The Fly in Breaking Bad. Everybody knows that episode sucks ass. And it's because there was major production issues. They didn't have a budget ready. Things didn't, you know, wires didn't, you know, come together and it sucked. Maybe they wanted to get. Maybe they knew this season they were going to have one filler episode, and they're like, "Let's get it out of the way." Maybe that's why we're seeing it now. So yeah, things and, are looking up again. It's not like, like I said, I'm not going to stop watching The Mandalorian. I know how awesome it is. You know, don't listen to this and say like, "Man, he's right." Like, he's I don't know raging. if I, I want to watch it anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just being very peculiar because when I really, really enjoy something, like I want to continue, like. I'm really sad when I when I finish reading things or when I finish watching things that I'm like invested in because I always want more out to it's just a natural human instinct. I just want to fill that desire yeah. of seeing something that obviously you can never be a part of but you kind of live vicariously through it, right? So I think that's just, you know, I think they're going to be fine episode 3. I'm sure it's going to blow everything out of the water again, you know, um so obviously, I think it's pretty easy to when we talk about episode three and our expectations. I think they just continue the plot line of the Mandal of Mandal finding more Mandalorians on this other planet. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I that would be the easy presumption, um, and it's really obviously episode two didn't really give us anything to to further discuss past that point because we truly there we have no idea what could happen. I mean, anything could. There's no hint of anything. So kind of just interested to see. I think they progressed the storyline. I feel you. Outside of that, I really don't know I feel you. what other direction they can go in. Um, but, you know, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, I railed against it. Um, but, you know, I, I do enjoy the show, and I'm, I'm excited to see the plot line continued or just to learn something new or to enjoy the experience further. So what about you? What about, what do you, what are you thinking? What are you expecting? It's weird. Um, from it's weird how we see three? how obviously a lot of the same things are important to us. And I, I care about the story, the macro story and the overall direction of the season as well. But it's interesting. Like I'm looking forward to the next episode because I want to see little details about Mandalorian armor. I want to see if they're using all the same armaments. I want to see if they're using the same for like Beskar plates or, you know, are people using like Plasteel or um, Duracrete or some, some other uh, material that like Mandalorians have used in, in, uh, in other spaces in the Star Wars universe. So like that, like I, I look forward to stuff like that. Like, are they going to use the A280Fs or C version or, you know, stuff like that. But so it, it, it's it's weird that we're, <laughs> we're anticipating the next episode in slightly different ways. But um, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. I think all by this time tomorrow, all of your doubts will be will be dashed, and 
you'll be sitting back with a cigar and a, a nice whiskey and <laughs> in, a, in a velvet robe. And... I don't think I ever had any doubt. I mean, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I never had any doubts, right? You know, I always, I, I know that the show's good. I know it will be good, and I know there's bad it's episodes. It's the way it carries, just... though. I, I, I... Yeah. Spoiled. I yeah. I'm. I spoiled. Regrets. Yeah, Regrets. I am spoiled. We're spoiled about how good it's been, and it, it just it inevitably it happens. And maybe there's other majority viewers out there that don't think that it was that bad, and you know really enjoy just this extra little side quest that uh, you know put our our hero in danger and he gets out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's 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 something cool. Um, you know, just something I thought about too as we as we kind of wind down and wrap this up. Yeah. But I'm I'm curious if Filani and Favreau are going to dive into why the Mandalorians are all hiding and why they can't be ever present. And obvi- I mean, not obviously because you have to kind of watch the animated series of Clone Wars to know about it, but. Um, the planet that the Mandalorians are from, Mandalore. Yeah. Uh, when we last saw it, it was not doing great, um, and there was a lot of stuff that happens, and there's illusions and rebels about what happened to Mandalore upon the Empire sure. um, incursion of the planet. So there's a lot of reason to believe why the Mandalorians are scattered and hiding. So I'm curious to see if they ever kind of allude to till that if if mando stumbles upon an alcove and we get a little bit of detail about that because obviously that'll open another story arc up I, a little yeah. bit but yeah. also um you know it's just providing that x ex- like that that's a little bit of the wow factor that i'm talking about too i guess so that's the sucks. like it's just it's just cool to know why people are acting certain ways when it's a majority group, right? So the Mandalorians are underground hiding. They can go out like one at a time. Obviously, it used to not be like that at some point. I think they talked about it in season one where, you know, the big dude was talking about how they all have, they can only go one at a time. They're hiding, blah, this, blah, that. But it's like, you know, I, I don't think I ever stopped and asked myself why um, until I finished the Clone Wars and I remembered, oh yeah, the <laughs> Mandalore got got effed up a little mm-hmm. bit so um i'm curious to see if if we see some of that in and how many alcoves mando is truly gonna uh try and find or, or possibly interact with so I'm certainly too. Yeah. you know i'm i'm, I'm you know if they do that episode three you know it doesn't have to be something because i think there's enough substance available to not do that but you know i just it's one of those things um you know, now that I think about it, that I'm curious to see. Like, obviously, last week was all about Ahsoka Tano. Now this week is more about. Hey, I wonder what we're gonna if we're gonna learn anything more about the Mandalorians in general. Because mm-hmm. I still think, for those that don't really know much about them, it's they're still very vague right now. Yeah. Um, and and I don't think people understand that Boba Fett was not a real Mandalorian. Right. He he's not a true, uh, you know, person for Mandalore. So they he doesn't operate on the same values or rules or right. you know honor codes, etc. And obviously, Mando technically isn't either, but being adopted into the society, he, it's is, it's not the traditional way as a foundling. Essentially, but yeah, he exactly. Is. Like that, I, I'm hungry too. Like I want to know more about his foundling background. I think we're probably we're. I feel like we have to get some flashbacks to. Uh, life between you know the his initial uh, discovery as a child and to where he is now because that's a huge time period. So I feel like we're gonna get flashbacks. There's gonna be something that he knows somebody from his like training days. Like th- th- those are my predictions. There's gonna be like a training partner, somebody he knew as like a, a young man training to be a Mandalorian. There's gonna be some callback to that time uh, when he when he goes throughout these alcoves, and I think they're gonna explain a little bit more than they did in the first season that these are, it's a self-preservation thing and it's a ritual thing in times of great hardship before, cause there's no Mandalore to, to lead them. There's no leader uh, until, right. until they have a home planet and until they elect a Mandalore or a Mandalore. I don't know if they elect it, but until a Mandalore rises, I think this is the protocol. I'm pretty sure is that they they hide in covert. So th- that's, that's my prediction. Um, 
Yeah. Going and I mean, the, the dark saber that's being wielded by the Imperial governor mm -hmm. is the iconic yeah. piece that typically the leader of Mandalore wields that. So clearly there's yeah, no, that's a big one. there's nothing there. And to, to your point as well, obviously the kid flashback, we have separatist droids in yeah that too the heavy battle droids episode. yeah i forgot about that so there's a lot to know about his there's still there's potential of him being right at the tail end of the clone wars and then living through the entirety of the empire which yeah you can't put a timeline on it but like i mean you know luke doesn't exactly age 50 years between new hope and last jedi so the empire clearly doesn't reign that long that iteration of the empire but, yeah yeah right which i think i mean this storyline kind of follows that narrative so maybe mando saw the end of the clone wars mm -hmm. into the empire and then the immediate downfall and kind of dealing with the remnants of it so yeah you know i think there's a lot of stuff that uh that we can certainly learn and uh just goes back to boy they really they could have done anything with with this last episode and they just didn't yeah. so i guess that just leaves more for the rest of the season and the and the seasons to come yeah but Ooh. um i'm excited so what do you think connor any uh we've learned any, a lot today final thoughts or words we've learned a lot today just to recap i mean look we did our we did our thing with the episode but we also we talked about expectations we talked about the burden of kind of carrying a star wars franchise we had a hot take on the best Star Wars film. I had a rant. You had a rant. There was a lot of stuff in this episode, Austin. I feel like we got a lot off our chest. So I'm I'm happy. Yeah. I, I feel good, satisfied. A good therapy yeah, session, was, if you will. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, so then I guess we will go ahead. We'll surface now. Um, we'll keep it simple as always. I know there's a little tidbit at the end, but follow us on Twitter. Find us on Twitter at Dweeb Dive. Tweet us questions. Tweet us how you hate our hot takes, tweet us how you agree mm -hmm. with us. Again, we've changed our formatting of the episodes to essentially not burn ourselves or you out as listeners. Um, so find Let us on us Twitter know. at Dweeb Dive. Apple Podcasts is going to be the main promotion source. Obviously, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple is just the one that I think everyone's kind of familiar yep. with. So leave us reviews, send us questions. Um... Outside of that, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back for episode three. Hopefully it's a little bit more enjoyable on my end as a majority <laughs> viewer. And hopefully it still caters to Connor and his minority detailistic views. So with that being said, the dive is over. Thanks for tuning in and we will see you guys next time. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dweeb Dive. If you liked what you heard, please, please, please like and give us a follow so we can continue diving into your favorite topics. There's been a lot of hot takes. There's been a lot of claims, a lot of references to the deep lore. If you have a question, a comment, feedback, you're angry with me for something perhaps inaccurate I said, which is very likely, please do not hesitate to reach out on our accounts and ask us the big questions. We would love to hear from you. Thanks, guys.